Yeah, listen, sometimes people need to be called out. Um, and that doesn't exactly seem to be a peaceful thing. But you'd be surprised that people don't need to be called out as much as you think, <laughs> especially inside of a, uh, a church setting. I remember I was attending a church some time ago, and my theology began to evolve. And I was in a teaching position. And I remember approaching the pastor, and I said, listen, um, though my theology is evolving, I will not teach something contrary to what is taught here. God hates discord. He hates the division that can happen. And, uh, and I was careful not to do that until finally, I just didn't belong. I, I didn't fit, and, and I needed to kind of move on. So we do need to be careful that we don't cause division and discord, that we don't do things that are not necessary. So we need to ask ourselves, we need to pause. How important is it for me to speak up at this moment to bring forth my opinion to what maybe even two other people are talking about. Welcome to the How Many Teeth Would They Have If They Didn't Live in the Modern Era game, where we find out how many teeth they would have if they didn't live in the modern era. Uh, I would say uh, that with Mark's Krispy Kreme addiction and Oscar's chocolate-covered lima bean habit, uh, they both have about half a tooth each. That's my guess. Uh, and Ray, I would say that with uh, the one-tenth of a nanosecond that you spend uh, brushing and flossing your teeth, I would say you would have one-tenth of a tooth. Would you agree? Slow it down. Would you agree, Ray? Yeah, slow it down. Yeah, I, I brush my teeth in the shower always. Save time. Yeah, Ray, seriously, why have you guys, For real? none of you yeah. guys have ever brushed your teeth. What does the shampoo taste like? <laughs> <laughs> Ray, I foam at the mouth. <laughs> I would absolutely love to video you brushing and floss. I've never seen anything like it you in my life. You have to slow it down. Have you ever seen Ray floss no. and brush? What, get is right, it you quick? Get it done. <laughs> I remember one time he pulled out the floss. I'm thinking, oh, here we go. This guy. Done. Like from, <laughs> done. <laughs> he has no time. <laughs> brush, <laughs> done. What a waste of time. I haven't tied up shoelaces for years. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. How many, how many, um, times do you guys think the average person will f spend uh, flossing and brushing their teeth over the course of their lifetime? I think it's Time? different. Got to guess. Mm, yeah. 15 minutes? I floss, floss after every meal. Yeah. Is, I do. But I don't really? think many no, people No, no, the do. average, two times a day. Or, or flossing once. I think, well, listen, I think the majority of people do not floss their teeth. I, like Oscar, floss after every single meal. I do too. Do I mean, do? not two yes. teeth. I've got this little plastic device <laughs> in my pocket. Thing? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's really no, good. No, no, I actually yeah. gave one with a track to somebody accidentally. I had to apologize. <laughs> okay, listen to this. This is a, a UK thing, but the UK's average life expectancy uh, currently standing at 81.5 years. If a person brushes their teeth for two minutes twice a day over the course of their life, it would equate to 118,980 minutes the equivalent of 1,983.16 hours or slightly more than 82 days. Yeah. 82 days. I mean, That's you're why talking, I don't brush my teeth. What a waste of time. But you're talking 24 hour, like just you start now and 82 days later you're done. Hey, maybe someone should do that when they're a kid and never have to brush their done, teeth. Done, I'm done. 82 Covered days it. Right now. I have an electric toothbrush. It takes me exactly three minutes to brush my Yeah, teeth I've got an electric every toothbrush morning, every too, but I don't spend three minutes. Three minutes. Check, put it on high yeah. speed. Yeah. Put on <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't do it my shoelaces. I, I always I slip in my shoes because you spend two weeks tying shoelaces in a lifetime. It's Did you look that up one day? Yeah, I, I figured it out. 
Stupid yeah. waste of time. Um, if you allowed, uh, if you followed your dentist orders and you spent about 730 minutes, you spent 730 minutes last year or more than half a day shoving wax string between your teeth. If you started at 10 and went to 80, you're, you're spending 35 days out of your life flossing. Yep. So between flossing and brushing, 112 days. Double that for Oscar and myself. Out of your lifetime. Yeah, but you guys are crazy. But why does the dentist tell you to floss? He wants your business. He wants to drill. He shouldn't tell you to take care of your teeth. <laughs> Would, if you Don't guys, floss. Okay, yeah. but if you had one or the other and you could only do one or the other, would you floss or brush? Floss. Oh, brush. Floss. 100% floss. Oscar? I really can't stand having food between my teeth. I think I'd floss. Yeah, I think I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, yeah, you're sleeping and teeth, you know, food is stuck between your yeah. teeth. And, and fur and that. Fermenting. Cavities yeah. through one. Fur between your teeth. <laughs> they, don't say, they say apples he didn't hear. in your teeth. Yeah. Don't oh. you? You know, what's the, you know what's the worst is getting cotton between your teeth. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, utter torment. Uh, 20 gallons of toothpaste is used by the average person. The big mouth. Guys, <laughs> do you take, do you squeeze every ounce out of the tooth? Yes, I don't I know do. why. You won't let it go. <laughs> I don't know why. You think, why. I can do this. I'm going to get one more out of it. The other day I was doing that and I thought to myself, this isn't worth it. Like, wait, how much money am I saving here? But I still I did it. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, you're not alone. I know. You know what I stopped doing? I used to... Um, when the soap would get bad in the shower, well, when it get, got small, yeah. I would yeah. like kind of roll it up in a ball and put it next on the, the next one. But I don't do that anymore. You don't roll it in a ball. You put it on top and squeeze well, it. Well, you do, but sometimes it's smushy and stuff. I use liquid soap. You do? Oh, really? Body yeah. wash stuff? Yeah. I bet our listeners did not plug in today expecting to hear our, our shower routines, <laughs> toothbrushing routines. Yeah, enough of that. I always drop my shoelaces in the shower as well. <laughs> Ray, seriously, you'd never tie your shoes? No, no. There they are there. When's the last time you tied them? Pre-tied? Oh, when I bought, purchased these ones. Tie them once you... and just slip them on. That's why they look too big on me. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you give Velcro shoes, Ray? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to tie them. <laughs> All right, friends. Here's a comment from Haas96. How much you want to bet Easy's name is going to be mentioned in this? These three guys. Fantastic podcast with Ray, Mark, and Oscar. Always encouraged and uplifted when I listen to you three. Would love to sit and enjoy a delicious cup of coffee in a mug with you guys. <laughs> I purchased and received the Halloween track box last week. Excited to pass them out in our neighborhood. Emma Johns. Man, Oscar, wow. you are having an influence. Wow. And boy, were you ever wrong, yeah, Mark. I to repent. judge me. Sackcloth and ashes. To judge me. You made that up, didn't you, Easy? No. no I'm looking true. at it. I can These see it. three guys. <laughs> Thanks, Haas96. I will not be sending you the big check that I had to send you, but there you go. All right, friends, this podcast is brought to you by Banana Man. How a demeaning nickname opened amazing doors for the gospel book. Uh, if you're afraid of looking foolish as a Christian, not only will this true story fascinate, delight, and encourage you, but it will also help you see God's hand in your life and bring your own fears into perspective and it'll make you more fruitful more <laughs> more fruitful banana man will really peel back the story Ooh, on how oh, ray became the banana man oh uh, that was that was a good slip of the tongue oh, yeah, slip banana peel uh, <laughs> uh ray this book was was it painful to write it or was this after you overcame the pain yes after i've pain that Overpaying the game. <laughs> yeah, overcame the game, Bane. Um, yeah, I enjoyed writing it. 
because yeah. I can see the overall picture. Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has a hundred dollars. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. that's really. But, but I mean, we've mentioned this before, but it really was a... It was a tough season for you. Oh, it was horrible. Um, I still get it. I still find comments from people all the time. Banana man. And that's all they say. That's the insult. Yeah. Um, but uh, it makes me smile. And Scotty's the one that lifted me out of that. Really? Oh, yeah. Tell us a story. What is well, we're driving to Huntington Beach, and I just says, oh, how horrible it is that strangers come up and share that banana man, point at me and laugh. And he said, you know, God can use this. Why don't you, why don't you just try it? And so that's when we invited, I don't know, Someone. No, we, we had lunch with that atheist. Yeah. And he wanted to meet Banana Man. He was the president of American Atheists. So I thought, oh, this is great. It's opened a great door. And we had, what, an hour and a half lunch yeah. Adam with Silver? Remember that? What no. His name wasn't that's Adam. The, that's the Silver. NBA guy. Sorry. Adam Silverman. Silver. Silverman. <laughs> Dave Silverman? No, David Silverman. David Silverman. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. very nice. We had a great time, hour and a half. It was, it was surprisingly pleasant. Yeah. I, I mean... You know, not that I thought the guy was a monster, but he, he really, he was friendly and he was laughing and it was. Yeah. And yeah. he said that he was there when I preached at uh, the Atheist Convention back in 2001. Oh, yeah. As a kid. He was just a little kid then. Right? Yeah. No. Oh, yes. wow. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. I love the way that uh, name Banana Man is just ripe to be used <laughs> yeah. by the Lord. Yes. Oscar's Seriously, still on that. Why is Banana Man funny and Apple Man isn't Apple Man? <laughs> <laughs> Coconut Man. That yeah. would be, that'd be cute too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Ray, would you, I, I'd, I would love to see you sit down with Richard Dawkins. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Would Especially you do that? at his age. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's because he's 80 something. Mark, if you is had, really? if, you had wow. if you had your choice of of anyone who's an unbeliever to sit down with uh for like an interview or or whatever who who would who would you pick um it'd be either between Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan really oh yeah. i feel the same maybe bill maher probably in third boy wow. that is you've got my top 3 uh, yeah, you're saying not just atheist just any non-believer yeah who would unbeliever. you who would you pick it's a good maybe, question uh, you know it is a good question maybe ben shapiro uh, oh, and that, you know, he's, he's had a lot of believers plant and water with him. I mean, he's had MacArthur on, he's had Vody on, he's had, you know, um, I would just love to add to that a little bit. And Why don't we get those that four in can here? We get them in here. Be peace between Jews and Arabs. Can we choose living or dead? Sure. Because I'd go with David Foster Wallace. Really? For sure. Would he would, weird. but he wouldn't say much. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, I'd go David Foster Wallace. Um, I'd probably go Sam Harris. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, wow. there's, there's two for me. That's good. 
Yeah, Mark, why why Rogan and uh, or Peterson? Well, I, I I don't think they've had great influences, Christian influences inside their life that would be able to uh, rightly articulate what right. we believe and then hold them to the fire, right? I think that they are a little passive, and then they attack uh, straw man arguments. So I, I think that it would be good to share the gospel, share the law, yeah, and uh, you know, and they're both searching. Yeah, I mean, with Peterson, especially Peterson, you know, because he, a lot of people, I think, make the mistake of thinking, oh, he must be a Christian. He's definitely not. But I would love to put it to him and say, what is your hangup? Like, what what is it about Christ that you're having a hard time with here? You know, and just kind of push it that way. You yeah, know? yeah. So. Anyway, I don't know how we got Elf on all that, friends, but I was talking about Banana Man. Make sure to check it out along with the Living Waters mug and the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. Wow, you were getting ready for that, Oscar. You probably I felt it coming. Like, I felt it coming. Yeah. All right, friends. Today, we are talking about how to be an effective peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. That's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I almost sounded like pacemaker, Mark. Uh, yeah, peacemaker. Uh, guys... Yeah, peacemaking is uh, is something that I think kicks against our nature in every way. I think part of it is we love to see a good fight. Ray, why are your eyes closed? And you look no, like I'm just miserable. thinking about the word peacemaker and pacemaker. How they're very similar. You need both. <laughs> you need both. You need both. <laughs> I know, uh, but yeah, you know, I think there's that part of us that loves to see. We like. We just like drama. Hmm. You know, and. I mean, we've talked about it before, even the way things are titled by people, how people title their, their you know, podcasts or their videos on YouTube or whatever. If it's something mellow, it's like, uh, you know, whatever. But if it's like, you know, Mark Spence punches Jordan Peterson in the face. What? What? I, I, I was bored. He was just Mark, sitting there. Why? We why did, would we, you do we, that? We just put a video up and it was, uh, Ray talks to the nicest atheist. And I thought, that's just <laughs> not going to work. And, and it, it did it. No. It was just it's a phenomenal guy that I was interviewing. Yeah. Remember him? You, yeah. You just, well, and it oh, just, so it's gone nowhere. It's had 40,000 views. It should have gone up through the top, but yeah. it's, it's got no punch to it. And we don't know, we don't know what to title it. Yeah. I should have got him to poke my eye out when you're talking about <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but there's something about that. But but man, um, you know, to be a person who is is bent on making peace with others. We'll kick it off, of course, with with the most famous words regarding that. Matthew 5, 9. Mm. Blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, how happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And we're talking about peacemaking both between other people and between ourselves and others and being Can I throw in people. a third as well? Yeah. Which is not necessarily bringing a momentary pause between people yelling and arguing and fighting, but a peace between God and man, right? Mm. Blessed are the peacemakers Dead, who Mark. bring forth the gospel, the good news that blessed are those feet. Blessed is that message. And oh, how happy is the individual mm. who brings forth a, an eternal message that will bring the ultimate peace in someone's life. Amen. Yeah, Ray, I, 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 I've always kind of um, had a, I don't know, a fondness for that term, make peace with God, right? I mean, it's a common one you, you'll hear said oftentimes, hey, you need to make peace with God. Elaborate on that a little bit, right? I mean, to some of our listeners, I mean, what do you mean make peace with God? God well, we're nice enemies and, of God in our minds through wicked works. People don't realize that, that we're in a state of hostility towards God. And I've often said that there's no person in history that's ever had his name used as a cuss word other mm. than Jesus Christ. Right. And I think there's, there's one thing that makes him really 
hated. And Rhea said, he said, the world hates me because I testify of its deeds that they're evil. But I think the thing that stirs the world up to make them hateful towards him and use his name as a cuss word is whoever looks upon a woman to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Wow. That puts the finger in the eye of every man. It it's <laughs> just like, yeah. 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 You know? So we're, we're told to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's called the gospel mm. of peace. And as Mark said, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Yeah. And so that's what brings the ultimate peace between God and man. We were enemies of God in our minds. He reconciles us through the cross. Just thinking this morning, there are certain things that steal my peace. So I'm going to go to the natural here, if I may. Yeah. I really hate leaf blowers at my window on a Sunday <laughs> morning. That really steals my peace. Let me share a few of them. Car alarms. There's a neighbor who's got the weakest car. All it takes is a motorbike to go past the thing, and it says his car alarm off. It's been doing it for years. We have, Are you serious? Oh, 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 and it goes for ages. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, Something's I, wrong I, with I that car. Yeah. yeah, like, and then there's the barking dog. We had a neighbor. I don't mind a dog. Right here. I don't mind. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a little one. This is a big one. Oh, Our direct neighbors, dog. barking dog. The first 500 times was okay. First 500. <laughs> but they went on a three-day holiday and oh. left their dog and all it did was oh. years ago it barked day and night this is a, a, a German shepherd with a oh. 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 and seriously there's something about repetition that drives human beings like you can handle a dripping tap 50 times then suddenly go boom, boom. It gets louder and louder for some reason. We actually, I actually mentioned to the neighbor, I think I left a message on his voicemail. I said, your dog's been barking for three days while you're away. Oh, and they brought over a gift basket for us, which oh. was really, really sweet. That's but, cool. but there are certain things. And the other thing, guys, how do you handle a crying baby when you're preaching in the congregation? Can you? That's one thing that really... That's when you start preaching on sin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lady in the Total front depravity. row. She's not, she's not sat on the back. She's in the front row and she's got a crying baby. But everyone's looking at screaming. So there's certain things that steal my peace. Leaf blowers, car alarms, barking dogs, and fighting cats. <laughs> right by your bedroom window. Oh, Rachel filmed a couple outside of our window the really? other day. Really? Yeah. Didn't she send that to you? I, I, I remember she mentioned it. I don't yeah. know if she sent it to oh, me, but yeah. it's a horrible sound. Yeah, it's crazy. So there are certain things. And the whole life is filled with things that want to steal our peace, hmm. to take away that peace that passes all understanding. And you've got to just stay with them. The thing that makes me, gives me great consolation is Romans eight twenty eight. No matter what's happening to us, we can have peace because we know that God's working this out for our good, even yeah. if it is a barking dog. So I don't had... know how anyone could suffer more than I suffered that weekend. <laughs> Let me just go on one more thing. Yeah, yeah. I saw something the other day. <laughs> the other day, and if you've got problems, this might bring your problems into proportion. Uh, this married mom, Christian, uh, had a kidney stone, went in to have it fixed, turned septus or whatever in her, in her body. Oh. They removed her arms and legs. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, they, I got this video of her, I say, because I want to do a video on it. It showed her testifying, and she was filled with joy and say, God's going to use this, and wow. if it turns people to righteousness, so be it. Wait, what, why did she go in? For a kidney stone. And she had, uh, had her arms and legs removed? Yeah, it wasn't a mistake. She, something turned poison. 
Ah. And they said, sorry, we just have to take arms and legs off. So that's, that's so, that's, so what's oh. your problem again? I don't, right, really, yeah. I don't really have well, a problem. Well, that thing you wrote, Ray, I love it. <laughs> oh, I have yeah. a problem. Oh, it's one yeah. of the best things. I've shared that so many times in my sermons. Great. Yeah, Mark, oh, as, as Ray talked about that German shepherd with the deep voice, <laughs> it, it almost made me long for it. Because it's like when you hear one thing for so long, this one has a <laughs> high yeah, voice. I have mixed feelings towards it. Because what, <laughs> what, what do you mean about re- the dog next door to the yeah, horse? Thing, I, I feel right. like I, that would be a break for me if I had a deep voice. Yeah. There's a there's a dog with incessant barking right outside of Easy's and Oscar's office. It's bad. But there's a way to fix it. It's a steak soaked super glued steak. You just <laughs> here comes the comment. Um, but with the German Shepherd, I was mauled by a German Shepherd right when I was younger. Oh, so yeah, I don't know if right. I want to hear the bark of either one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that that's good, right? That's a good perspective. Um, you know, on on understanding that we can have peace uh, with, uh, we can have peace from God because we have peace with God. Yeah. And that peace can transcend into whatever circumstance situation we're in. I mean, and Jesus said it, peace give, on, give I unto you my peace, not as the world gives, yeah. give I unto you. It's, a, it's an uh, unconditional peace that's not tied to circumstance. It's hard to, I mean, it's, and it's hard to dis- describe it. We've all experienced it, but it really is hard to articulate what it's like. Don't even what are you try to because the Bible says it's, it's a piece that passes all understanding. And let me tell you about my, let me tell you about <laughs> the joy that I have. It's totally un, un, unspeakable. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, and, and on that note of peace with God, I love the saying that says, you know, God saved us um, by himself through himself, for himself, and from himself. Ooh. And that's that's an important one to remember, you know, from himself. Yes, God saved us from God because it was his wrath that we had deserved, you know? That's one thing the atheists do to mock the gospel. Yeah. God, he saved us from himself. Makes no sense to them because they don't understand God's character. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So, Oscar, what do you think of all this Yeah, stuff? I think... Uh, one, I, I love that we're talking about being a peacemaker. And I think one of the things we have to do is is help us first start to understand what does the scriptures mean by peace? Uh, the, the Old Testament uses the word shalom. Um, and I think that's a good place to start. Because yeah. in the Old Testament, we see that shalom doesn't doesn't just mean like a place of serenity. I'm in a place of peace, which it, it can mean that. And it certainly does mean that, but it means more than that too. Yeah. Uh, shalom is used in the Old Testament to talk about wholeness or completeness. And so if there was a wall with missing stones, it lacked shalom. And to rebuild that wall, to place those stones there, to fill in the craps, cracks, you would bring it to a place of shalom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would ask others if they had peace in their life, they had shalom. And if there was relational conflict, they were out of shalom and they would go to, to sort of, you know, mend that relational conflict and they would find themselves in a place of shalom again. Or another example is two warring nations. Peace wasn't just when those two warring nations stopped having a war with one another. It wasn't until those two warring nations began to start to work together for each other's good that you would say they had shalom. And so what what Graham Cole says in the book, uh, God the Peacemaker is that he says that you can essentially trace God's uh, peace project from Genesis 3.15 through the Abrahamic covenant into Exodus, all throughout the Old Testament, 
climaxing at Isaiah 53, and then you see it begin to be fulfilled in Jesus, the faithful son. He says the faithful son because he points out that Adam was not faithful, that Israel was not faithful as it pertains to bringing shalom into the world, but Jesus was the one who uh, obeyed the father and then dies to reconcile us. And so when the scriptures say that we are peacemakers, we are taking on the peace project that God left behind through his son, Jesus Christ to us. And I love the verse you quoted, but I also love 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this summarizing, summarizing the impact of the gospel. Paul says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. There's the peace that you guys were talking about and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And so God has called us through the power of this Holy Spirit to be his sons of reconciliation, to go out into the world and bring shalom, Mm. to make right all that has been made wrong. Amen. That's good. Really good, Oscar. And, you know, Mark, I'd love you to to comment on this. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, where it says Mm. these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination. And then the the last one cited is, and one who sows discord among brethren. Being the opposite of what we're called to do, right? Bring peace. But but there there are those times when there are opportunities in the flesh to sow discord. And man, God hates that. Yeah. Listen, sometimes people need to be called out. Um, and that doesn't exactly seem to be a peaceful thing, but you'd be surprised that people don't need to be called out as much as you think, <laughs> especially inside of a, uh, a church setting. I remember I was attending a church some time ago and my theology began to evolve and I was in a teaching position. And I remember approaching the pastor and I said, listen, um, though my theology is evolving, I will not teach something contrary to what is taught here. God hates discord. He hates the division that can happen. And, uh, and I was careful not to do that until finally I just didn't belong. I, I didn't fit and, and I needed to kind of move on. So we do need to be careful that we don't cause division and discord, that we don't do things that are not necessary. So we need to ask ourselves, we need to pause. How important is it for me to speak up at this moment to bring forth my opinion to what maybe even two other people are talking about. Right. I mean, we just did it, you know, not not too long ago. We're we're at, we're at a church service, and um, there's some, and we don't attend the church. You know, you were speaking at an event, and people started talking about stuff stuff that neither one of us agree with. Mm. You know, and we just kind of bite our tongue. We allow people to be people, believe what they want to believe when it comes to secondary, non-essential issues. And then we just move on. And that's the beauty about Christianity and Christendom in totality, that people can believe different things that are not primary essential issues. Don't bring the division. It's like you you drop the bomb and you just walk away. Yeah. Come on. And unless you have an answer, just be still. Yeah. And and I think, Ray, that ties to maturity. I mean, the the older I get, the longer I've walked with the Lord, the stronger my convictions have become. But the more I'm... I'm slow to interject Wisdom. those, you know, when, when I, when I don't need to. And, and I think it's, it's just patience. It's like not acting in the heat of the moment. You've said something to me uh, in the past where don't make a decision when you're, when you're fired up about something. Yeah. When you're on a plateau or when you're in a valley, don't yeah. make decisions. Yeah. So Ray, I mean, that's, 
That's yeah. the key, isn't it? Whosoever keeps his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. And what should help us to keep our mouth from saying things is humility, mm. exalting other people better than yourselves. Remember in the movie Ben-Hur, which everyone should have seen, Ben-Hur, after he had seen the cross, said, I felt him take the sword out of my hand. Oh. Something like that. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it's exactly <laughs> right. But when we bring the gospel of peace to a man or a woman, they may have anger in their heart, they may have war in their heart, but once they've got Christ in their heart, then they have access to a peace that they're going to share within the marriage, within the workplace. Yeah. And the gospel of peace is the answer to every problem in this world. Amen. In politics and warfare and marriages that are broken down. <clears throat> um, Trevor has asked me to... Get videos on a very difficult subject for me. I just flinched at this when he said he wants me to ask students, should a woman submit to her husband <laughs> <laughs> to go with the podcast that we're doing? That'll wear some armor, right? Yeah, like, I'm just thinking. <laughs> and how the world flinches at the thought that a woman should submit to her husband. Mm. But the, the caveat is that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Yeah. And a husband to whom a godly woman will submit is a man that would never speak against her, never do anything wrong, take her under her arm close to his heart. Mm. It was where the rib should be. So the world doesn't understand what we're talking about. We have an instruction book that makes marriage work, and that makes nations work, and it all comes back to that gospel of peace. You know, yeah. yesterday I had a conversation with uh, my wife, and my tone was not what it should have been. Mm. And, you know, I saw that my, my wife's demeanor had completely changed, mm. and my daughter had left the room. And I went in and talked to my daughter and I apologized that I wasn't gentle, you know, with mama. Yeah. And then I went back uh, to mama and I said, you know, obviously I believe what I said, but the way I said it was, was wrong. Mm. So it's not always what you say, but, but how you say it, how you approach, how you broach the situation um, with who you're talking to. So yeah. you didn't like her smoking cigars I didn't or like her smoking <laughs> cigars and chain smoker. Wow. So, um, so I went back to her and I, I said it a few times that evening, you know, mm. baby, I, I just want to apologize for not being gentle as yeah. I communicated what I communicated with you. When you're in yeah. something like that, you can't really see what you're doing. It's afterwards when you consider, so that, that wasn't a very good tone. But yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's so key that, and, but, but Mark, that's a good example of making peace, right? Because uh, it, it involved you and you erred in something. It caused turmoil in your home and you did the right thing. And, and I, I'm always telling men this, Guys, some weird echoes going on. We anyway, can hear I, ourselves I, through a speaker. I, <laughs> I keep telling guys this, but with men, even even if you uh, are the one responsible for for the sin that caused tension in your relationship, as the head of your home, as a leader, you're the one who's called to lead the two of you out of that, mm. and you do that by by acting in a godly way. And so, Mark, uh, thank you for giving Ray, uh, Oscar, and I an example of what to do if if we ever sin with our wives. Thank you. <laughs> if we ever. If. I love what you, how you started the podcast, which is identifying sort of the, this present age, yeah. this cultural moment does, um, there's something almost celebrated about being divisive, about not being reasonable. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the algorithm lords out there pull from us anger and frustration. And that's what gets us to become more divisive and, and activates our action, right? And, uh, and we live in a time where we live in cancel culture. Yeah. Like if one person says one thing that you vaguely don't agree with, if it vaguely feels like they're compromising, then they're out. 
they're out of the tribe, you know? And, yeah. and yet the scriptures call us to be antithetical to the cultural moment. Yeah. The, the, the powers and principalities of this world should have no influence on the heart of the Christian. We are to be peacemakers. And mm. someone hearing this could be like, well, what are you saying? Are you saying that we can never stand up for truth? Absolutely not. Peacemaking, it does not necessarily mean peacekeeping. Yeah. There are gonna be times where we have to advocate for truth. There are gonna be times where we need to say something that's gonna be um, not received well. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but that's different than peacemaking, yeah. right? Right. We never turn a blind eye to evil. Never, yeah. we never turn Amen. them on. We always speak up when we have the ability. Yeah, and and again, that that's Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. I stole your verse, Mark. Yeah. Okay. Good. But yeah, right. <laughs> good. Um, it's a division, podcast. discord. Ah, amongst <laughs> brethren. Ah, but no, it's so true, Oscar. That you know, we have to recognize that. Um, like I always say, right? Compassion, or to be compassionate, but compassion does not equal compromise. Mm peacemaking does not equal uh, sacrificing the truth, right, either, or, or holding back what needs to be said. In fact, that's often the pathway to peace. Absolutely. You can't have peace without, without truth, you know? And so that's important. And then also, we're not, you know, we're not responsible for, um, you know, always achieving peace when we try. Piper put it well, he said, don't equate peacemaking with peace achieving. A peacemaker longs for peace and works for peace and sacrifices for peace, but the attainment of peace may not come, right? Romans 12, 18, which I just quoted is very important at this point. Uh, and and he, he quotes the verse, that is the goal of a peacemaker. If possible, so far as it depends on you, don't let the rupture in the relationship be your fault. That's good. But yet you can't guarantee that someone's gonna meet you on, on terms of peace, mm. you know? So yeah, so those those things are so key. And then, and Mark, in, in keeping with what, what you shared with us, that story with Laura. Um, Share Matthew, more. Matthew 5, <laughs> tell us more of your sins, Mark. <laughs> uh, Matthew 5, 23 to 24. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, so good. leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer mm. your gift. Ray, the key in that is he's saying, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Ray, what are you doing? What's I got a great doing, quote yeah. from Spurgeon yeah. and I pushed my microphone button and everything you were saying is going straight into the quote from Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm seeing it expand with your words. <laughs> you couldn't stop it. Okay, I've now stopped. Okay, did you hear what I said, right? No, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, get me out of here. Okay, get so Jesus is saying... I'd like to share this <laughs> quote. Okay, sure. <laughs> Welcome to insanity, friend. Charles Spurgeon said, such poor creatures are we that we may lose our peace of mind even by a word or a look. Peace in the form of a perfect calm and serenity is a very delicate and sensitive thing and needs more careful handling than a crystal, crystal glass. It is hard for the sea of our hearts to remain long in a smooth and glassy state. It may be rippled and ruffled by an infant's breath. Ooh. Yeah. And all your words went right in the middle of that. That made no sense. But yeah, I, what a beautiful I disrupted the piece of that peaceful yes. quote. That's really good, Ray. But but now answer what I said, right? Yeah, um, I think it's a great idea, easy, and I think we should all <laughs> strive to do that. Yeah. No, but but Jesus is saying here, he's talking about making peace, but he's, he, the key is he's saying, if your brother 
and you remember that your brother has something against you, it's not even you being yeah. frustrated with him. He's not saying, hey, you, you know, he's saying, if you know someone has something against you, you go to them and make peace first. Yeah. That's huge. Well, that's what love does. That's what the wisdom from above does. The wisdom from above is first peaceable, easy to be entreated. And that's what we need to cultivate. Yeah, that'll do. Thanks, easy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the scripture, a bluster of those who dwell in unity? Is that how it's worded? Yeah. Brethren it's, who dwell in unity? It's the, uh, it's the psalm that speaks of the oil that went down. In unity to dwell in unity. Actually, oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Hey. Unity, <laughs> unity. Just yeah, turn yeah. into like a Russian. I actually think this is a, I think you guys are, are circling around um, something really important that we haven't talked about yet, which is, which is the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping as, as a, uh, as people we know and love are in sin. Yeah. Like it would be wrong to, to, to be passive, to try to be a peacekeeper by not approaching somebody who's in sin. It's actually more right. It's more in the act of peacemaking of being in shalom to approach that person because you want to see shalom between them and Christ, because you want to see shalom in their lives in which there are no sin. And so we do that with gentleness, with kindness, with humility, but the scriptures does call us to be activated in the conversation of pursuing people who are in sin for the sake of peace. Yeah, listen, and yeah. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And, and that's what truth will do. You know, Matthew Henry said that truth is such a precious jewel that he'll give anything for it except for the truth, hmm. right? So he's not going to surrender the truth at the cost of, so that I can have peace and tranquility between yeah, two people. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's a false peace. You know, it's almost like it's almost like having a terminal illness, but but deceiving yourself into not thinking about it. That's exactly right. That's and just great. thinking, oh, I'm good. Their destruction yeah. is it's getting already you know, happening. Yeah, and it's spreading mm -hmm. and it's gonna lead to your demise. So right. so that is really important. But as far as initiation, I want to read this quote from Jerry Bridges. He said, We must take the initiative to restore peace. Jesus taught that it makes no difference whether you have wronged or your brother, uh, your brother or he has wronged you. Either way, you are always responsible to initiate efforts toward peace. If we're serious about intently pursuing peace, we won't be concerned about which of us is the offending party. We'll have one goal, to restore peace in a godly manner. Unresolved conflict between believers is sin and must be treated as such. Otherwise, it will spread throughout the body like cancer until it requires radical spiritual surgery. Far better to deal with it when it is easily contained. Mm. And I think, you know, the balance in all that is like, it's, it's the intent of the heart. You know, if we're holding on to bitterness, it'll be manifested by, they need to come to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there could be a situation where you're you're looking and saying, okay, they need to they need to repent because they're in sin. And I've I've said this before, our mode of correction should be fueled by one of the definitions of love, and that is love doesn't seek its own. Mm. So if I'm being selfless in approaching a sin that yes, you committed against me, but that I think of on another level, what did that person do as they sinned? They first sinned against the God that I love above all else. They're hurting 
themselves spiritually because you can't sin and not be hurt spiritually. And they're hurting others because they're mourning the testimony of the gospel and limiting their effectiveness because they're in sin. I love God. I love them. I love other people. Therefore, my mode of correction will also contain all the other attributes of agape love. I'll correct them in patience. It's good. I'll correct them in kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll, I won't seek my own. I won't have, you know, I won't uh, keep records of wrong. I won't have outbursts of wrath and so forth, you know? Why, do, why were you pointing at me when you're talking about Good those question. who have done me wrong? Uh, you know, Mark. <laughs> and you better make peace with me, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the wiener schnitzel, bro. <laughs> that really is the Gethsemane experience that puts us, puts us in that continual mode, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. And that's the attitude we should have to everyone. If someone offends us, we should be more concerned about God's will than our will. And that's what brings peace between yeah. us. Amen. Yeah, and on that point of approaching others, I mean, look, Matthew 18, 15, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. And I think that has an element of peace to it that we don't recognize, that the between you and him alone, right? Because you're gonna cause chaos for him if, if there was a misunderstanding, number one, or if he ends up repenting, but it's in other people's minds and now they look at him in a certain way. You know, love is always saying, man, what can I do to limit damage to my brother? You know, because it feels good sometimes to talk about things and get other people agreeing with us. And Or to go on social media and spread it to the whole world without going uh, to them personally. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, what a, guys, what a destructive element social media has been in this, yeah. whole, in this whole issue. Yeah. Mark, wouldn't you say that in terms of stirring up stuff? People. Yeah, people vent at 2 a.m. on uh, on their social media uh, platform. We, we need to be very, very careful on uh, what we do, especially naming names. Mm. You know, be very careful. When we name names, uh, it has to be dealing with heretics, I think, uh, not with fellow brethren. Yeah. You know, let's let's be careful with that. Ken Sandy wrote a really great book that I've never read called uh, The Peacemaker, <laughs> but it's on my to-do list. But I'm told it's, I, it's highly recommended by a lot of people. Ken Sandy. The peacemaker. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just lost peace with him. <laughs> Richard Baxter said, he that is not a son of peace is not a son of God. All other sins destroy the church mm. consequentially, but division and separation demolish it directly. Wow. Isn't it wonderful that you can quote Richard Baxter, who that's a four, 500 year old quote, isn't it? Isn't Pretty it old. Written? Yeah. And yet it's so relevant to today. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. And I think basically what he's alluding to is that lack of peace between brethren is the antithesis of what Jesus said. You know, they will know your by my disciples by your love for one another. Mm. And when there is when there is disunity in a sinful manner, um, it 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 just evidences the fact that there isn't real love happening. Love indeed and in truth. Yeah. I think it affects the gospel as well. I mean, when we go, you know, we we see that the scripture tells us that uh that non-believers will know that the gospel is true by the way in which we love one another. And even inside of like Christendom on online, I mean, there are ministries, organizations, podcasts, blogs that are all dedicated to the line of divisiveness. They all sit there on the threshold and are waiting for the next pastor to say something that's vaguely ambiguous and then call them out. 
you know? And uh, man, to your point, like we should have a taste for peace, not a taste for divisiveness. I'm not saying there's no place for that, but when that's like your entire thing or when that's what consumes your attention. And that's what gets the views. That, and that's what gets the views. And that's the problem is that ultimately the algorithms uh, are there to entice our sinful nature. Mm. And so then the con- pr- content producers wanting to get no more clicks and views then tap into the sin nature of human beings. It's like they're antagonistic to the lack of peace that God is trying to 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 bring about in, in his kingdom. Yeah, and you know, you think of, of what God's word has to say on uh, on the matter, it's filled with, again, those exhortations to, to be a people who strive to make peace between others and, and also to figure out ways to avoid it. You know, um, I, I think of, of what it talks about in Proverbs 17, nine to 10, about mm-hmm. how if you repeat a matter, you separate friends, you know, but if you cover a transgression, you seek love. And that's one thing, you know, like there could be peace between people and a matter's over, and then you bring up something from the past and that rekindles stuff, you know, rather than just thinking, okay, this is past, let's let it go. And how can I promote peace? You know, I think another thing too is um, helping people to think the best. And and you know how it is, guys, it starts as a seed. Yeah, so-and-so said this to me. What did they say? What? (laughs) Who who said ears? And what do we do? They did? Oh, man. How about, Mm. oh, really, man? Wow. Do you think maybe they meant this? Yeah. Plain devil's advocate. Because that doesn't doesn't square with the way they normally are. Do you think maybe you misunderstood? I mean, I've I've approached things like that before. And I've seen seen things turn around. Oh, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I should double check on that. That's a peacemaker. Yeah, versus fueling, you know, and putting putting fuel on that fire and sharing it's gossip like, it's like putting water on a flame rather than gasoline yeah exactly you know sharing gossip by way of prayer requests you know is, <laughs> is a very difficult horrible thing to do you know isaiah 40 22 says there's no peace for the wicked if there's no peace for the wicked there's no peace for the righteous when they do wicked things and perhaps somebody's listening to our podcast and they're thinking to themselves well i i lack the peace inside of my life. One, either A, maybe you're not born again. You know, make your call in your election sure. Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Yeah. Put yourself under the weight of the Ten Commandments. Realize and recognize that you do not measure up. And if God gives you justice, you rightly will go to hell. God is obviously not willing for that to happen. He's not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Place your trust where God the Father placed his wrath, which is in Jesus Christ alone. Now, if you are born again and you recognize that you don't have this peace at which we're talking about, just examine your life once again, mm. right? I, I, am I doing something? Have I partaken in something? Am I keeping something secret? Are there shadows really inside my life that I'm, I don't want anybody to see? Are there skeletons inside the closet that I don't want anybody to, to see? Or it, what's happening? Yeah. D- just take inventory. If there's no peace for the wicked, there's no peace for the righteous when they do wicked things. Mm. So accountability is great, absolutely. But maybe you just need to get alone with the Lord, cry out to God and say, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He's a very present help in time of need. You draw near to him, he will draw near to you. That promise still remains and it's for the people of God. Amen. That's good, Mark. Yeah, and I love what uh, Jim Eliff said. He said, to put a wall between you and others is to build a wall between you and God. 
And again, you know, it, it's, it's the two greatest commandments. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What we miss is what Jesus said in between that. He said, the second like it is this. The second like it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second like it. He's, he's in essence equating them and inter, wow. interrelating them. You can't truly, and First John, right, speaks about this ad nauseum. You can't love God and not love people. Yeah. And the evidence that you love God and are in a right relationship with him is it's going to manifest in you loving other people. You know, and so, yeah, were you gonna say something? No, I was gonna say, there's no way you came up with that. That's too good. Oh, I like it. You like it's it. It's my friend. <laughs> um, no, but but you know what I'm saying? Like, but also I think in, in being peacemakers, we need to have a proactive approach to it whenever it comes to our attention that there is not peace between people. Mm-hmm. You know, especially people that we know, like to just try to broker peace. I love mm-hmm. that, you know, brokering mm-hmm. peace. Like where you're going in between two people, you're working as a mediator. Cause right, you're, the angst is against each other, but you come in as an impartial party mm-hmm. and you say, man, look, I, I don't care what the details are. I love you guys. And I know it may not be possible, but if there's any way possible, would you be open if I just try to work something between you guys? Man, God, that delights the Lord. You're yeah. called a son of God when you do that. And the yep. hope in that, because you, you know, you said if there's any way possible, uh, and and I, I love that language as you're trying to invite people into that. And the reason why you would do that is because we know there is a way possible. Yeah. Right. Like if if God provides a way of shalom between the sinner and Himself. Right. And think about the things that we. I, I was just talking about this with somebody. Think about the things that you claim to believe. We, we talk so often about how the gospel has the power to reconcile um, slave and slave master, the power, the, the power to reconcile sinner to God. And yet you're going to doubt that it has the power to reconcile you with another person. No. You know, yeah. if we approach that conversation humbly, God has the power to reconcile. That is the work he is doing through his people, which takes us back to the title of this. We are called to be peacemakers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I love how Christ is called the Prince of Peace. And, uh, and you know, scripture talks about um, the, the Lord of Peace as well. And so, um, yeah, to, to, to walk in that peace that God gives and then to, to be one who acts as an agent to see it fulfilled in other people's lives. Well, there you have it, friends. We hope you've been encouraged, blessed, stirred up. Don't forget, banana man, the Living Waters Mug, the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. Why are you pointing at Ray? Because he's the banana man. <laughs> banana man. I love it. And uh, don't forget, friends, to send in your beautiful comments, which we read on here all the time, and give us your thoughts and insults towards Ray, Mark, and Oscar. And <laughs> don't forget, friends, to email us at podcast.livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast. The ultimate cure for insomnia. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline. 
California, Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina, Andrea from Anderson, Indiana, Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, Lowell from Yakima, Washington, Don from Charleston, Illinois, John from Ford, Australia, Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.